0: Thanks for downloading and welcome to Take Orally, the podcast from Dream Queens Medical Center, Nottingham. This episode is a live recording of the unblinding research session on qualitative versus quantitative data. As ever, all information is correct at the time of recording. Any and all guidelines mentioned are correct for Nottingham University Hospitals NHS Trust. Other trust guidelines may vary. All views and opinions are the speaker's own. Uh, welcome back, today we're gonna have a chat about qualitative versus quantitative data, okay? Uh, and this is the, one of the main dichotomies in research, uh, between two types of research and two types of data, and you might find that researchers prefer one to the other. Is that the case for you guys? Do some of you prefer quantity and some prefer quality? Always quantity. Always quantity with you. Okay. Who here prefers qualitative?
1: All about the words.
0: All about the words. Marvellous. And you do mixed methods. So you do a bit of both. Marvelous. Okay. Um, I'm a bit more towards the qualitative, but because that's my my dissertation is on qualitative uh, analysis, uh, so I'm a little bit more that way. Uh, but um, hopefully, by the end of today, we'll see the uh, the approach for both of them. Okey doke. Uh, short one. Uh, today just to be able to describe examples of different types of research and their strengths and weaknesses that sounds reasonable doesn't it? brilliant Uh, and as ever we're a nice friendly environment please feel free to put your hand up and ask a question or make a point or disagree with me I don't mind brilliant so uh, what is the main distinction between quantitative and qualitative data you've kind of already discussed it haven't you? numbers versus words brilliant absolutely so as we've got a kind of a pick-and-mix theme here is some pick and mix okay so if we were to approach this from a quantitative uh, viewpoint how would we approach it what sort of data would we be interested in what sort of stuff would we want to uh, measure and what sort of research would we do y- you know I'm going to perform some quantitative research on pick and mix Sorry? How
2: many different there
0: are. So, how many of each sweets there are? Yeah, brilliant, yeah.
2: Colours.
0: Colours, brilliant, yeah. So, what colours of sweets there are there? Yeah. The majority
3: of the. Oh, sorry, is this alright? You go first. What
0: people go for? Yeah, so what's actually sold, what isn't sold, brilliant, yeah.
1: That's
0: one. That was going to be yours, was it, Louise? Oh, God.
2: <laughs> I
0: know, it's qualitative, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so people who prefer quantitative, what else would you, you know, this is your domain, what would you want to do?
4: Size of the sweets.
0: Size of the sweets, brilliant, yeah. Colours, yeah. Weight of the sweets, yeah. What
1: else?
0: The healthiest. The healthiest, the calorie content, yeah. Good.
2: Age demographics who
0: choose the sweets? Brilliant, yeah. Who buys what sweets? Brilliant. Who has
2: diabetes
0: who buys sweets? Who has, ah, oh, brilliant. We're looking at it at a clinical point of view. So, who has diabetes who uh, buys these sweets? Brilliant. So, if we're thinking about it more clinically, then from a maybe a, a research nurse point of view with these sweets, what would you want do to do? Wine gums more? <laughs> do you buy wine gums more often, again, with the wine gums? Yep. Yep. So, what sort of sweets do researchers
3: mainly put in there?
0: Yeah! So what suites do research nurses go? And you might compare that to non-research nurses, so, you know, educators, the, the, uh, the, the um, general public, etc. Brilliant! How do you control it? So you can have a control, can't you? Quite so. You might want to think about how can I have a control with this quantitative data? So, you know, that might be the general public, it might be people who don't um, take pick and mix, so you could then have research nurses who use pick and mix and their health outcomes versus those who who, uh, don't use pick and mix and their health outcomes. Yeah, good, okay. And then what are we going to be able to do with that data when we get it? So it's gonna be in the form of numbers, isn't it?
3: Statistics. We've got enough quantity of certain tweets to prefer the favourite Yeah, and absolutely And do overstock on certain
0: ones to leave behind Yeah, it's like Megan said, we can do some statistics with it brilliantly and then how can we present our data? yeah some form like this can't we so quantitative data is in numbers it's in categories it's measurements it's things that we can rank we can present it in one of these sort of formats in a nice clear graph somebody can stand up in a meeting and say we are selling more tongues to research nurses therefore when you know we should sell we should make sure we stock up more on tongues in the pick and mixes places that are near the research nurses okay and like Lucy said it can make sure that can guide how we're doing it okay there are tongues. Tongues are in... The sweets.
2: Teeth.
0: are they teeth, are they? Sorry, teeth, not tongues, if sorry. If
3: your tongue looks like that, you need to get around to another part <laughs> <laughs> you've got an issue.
0: Maybe. <laughs> so sorry. is why
2: you keep aspirating okay.
0: This is why I keep aspirating watermelon. Okay. Uh, what about qualitative?
3: Why do you pick that sweet? Yeah. Why do you like the physics thing for you?
0: hmm Yeah. Okay.
1: What does it taste
0: like? What does it taste like? Yes.
1: Does your pick and mix change on your mood? Does on your pick
0: your and mix or? change on your mood? Yes, absolutely. Why have you made that choice that you've made? Why is that today? Would it be different on another day? Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Anything else? Why you didn't pick certain things? Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. So, why pick and mix and not something else? Why not something else? Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. So, we might, for example, use these sort of graphs to say, oh, this is, you know, we're selling a certain flavour of ice cream more than another. But for this lady right now having this ice cream, you know, why has she chosen that flavour? is it because it brings back memories of her childhood is it because it was whatever was on sale that day is it because she's on a diet and this is the lower fat option etc etc okay the reasons why she bought that ice cream would be less easy to put in a graphical data okay how are we going to find out why she bought that particular flavor of ice cream what sort of research model are we going to use questionnaire yeah what sort of questionnaire open-ended. open-ended questionnaire. yeah because I can give you out a questionnaire that's got five choices and that can in theory be uh, quantitative because I can put that into categories but yeah an open-ended here's a one side of a4 please tell me why you've bought this flavor of ice cream yeah Thank you. Interview, brilliant, absolutely, yeah. Sit down with her and you can do a recorded interview or you can transcribe it while you're talking to her. Yeah. Anything? Yeah, you can do it retrospectively. Again, you want to be knowing in her words as much as possible, and that's key, isn't it? You want the subject's viewpoint as much as possible.
3: Could you okay. Do a bit of observation on as well.
0: Yeah. In what way?
3: So you could watch um, the, rea- the sort of the interactions and the reactions of people
2: when they're at the ice cream counter. Yeah. So you could watch the ice cream counter over, say, a week to see how many people come back. Yeah. And what flavours they pick yeah. each time. Yeah so
0: there's more of an observational element there's more of a longer time period element there isn't there with with qualitative research brilliant yeah okay so the viewpoint of the world with quantitative research is very fixed there is a truth that is out there that is universal I will find it and I will present it to you qualitative that's much more dynamic and it's much more dependent on people and the settings okay so you can see that this much more favours itself much more towards social sciences okay people and their opinions, their perceptions and their beliefs okay, cool right then Um, and then how are you going to present qualitative data once you've got it? you can find themes yeah, absolutely so you're going to have a look through aren't you? okay and you're going to identify themes, okay I've interviewed ten people about what ice cream choices they've made, what are the themes that have come out when I've read what they've written or what they've said when that's been transcribed. Brilliant, yep. Anything else? Any other ways we can present qualitative data? Typically
2: in papers
0: of journals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good. Weird stuff. Yeah. I mean, we try and do as little as possible to qualitative data because we want to show it in their words, okay? Because if we paraphrase and put our own meaning on it, we can alter the the, uh, findings. Whereas quantitative, we do a hell of a lot of things to it, we do all sorts of statistical analysis before we present it. Cool. So, uh, team quantitative and team qualitative, so you've got a piece of paper in front of you. What I'd like you in your groups, and and Lucy's going to, to help, is I want you to think about the strengths, the weaknesses, how you might design a trial also think about the role of the investigator to this research, how distant, how embedded are they Okay. also have a think about the goal of that research, the sample size are variables important to that research How relevant is it to other people if they're reading your paper? How generalizable is it? Okay, how valid and reliable is it? Does That make sense? Mm. Cool. So you've got strengths, weaknesses, the trial design, the role of the investigator, the goal of that research, sample size, variables, and others. Nicely done. Finished? Sort of, yeah, cool. So, uh, quantitative leap. So, would you like to take us through what um, you found out then? What you've come up with?
2: So, strengths, it can produce strong evidence.
0: So, strengths, strong evidence, yep.
2: Um, They can be more powerful evidence.
0: Yep, why is that?
2: Because there's more proof, there's more, like, numbery proof. That it works rather than a hearsay proof. Sure. That it
0: works. Okay, yeah. Whatever it is. Your answer how
2: you get um It's objective about a certain subject. It doesn't have any confounding yep. factors. Yep. And for weaknesses, we've got that it's only got depth about one subject. It doesn't look at the breadth of sure. that subject. Good. Um, it can be expensive. Yep. Um, you potentially need a large sample size to make it statistically significant. Mm-hmm. Variables are, well, everything. So <laughs> you try it's
0: and, all about the variables, yep.
2: So you try and control as many of these as possible, yep. but there's always going to be extra, extraneous... Extraneous, and lot of researcher bias yep. variables. Um, your goal is to answer slash prove your hypothesis or your null hypothesis.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Your sample size... Potentially big to create statistical significance. Yep. Generalizability depends on your sample size. Yep. So it can be extra, extrapolated if yep. you have a good, well rounded sample. Yep. And, however, it can be too tight a sample mm-hmm. and therefore not generalizable. Sure. We've written variable buzz twice. <laughs>
0: um,
2: Trial Designs and RCT platform
0: Yep, so um, Randomised Controlled Trial is going to be your gold standard here, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, absolutely
2: uh, And investigators have the ability to data mine or corrupt the data when they're doing statistical significant stuff Yep <laughs> And, but, we have less contact with the actual individual, so less spinny on the data Yeah
0: Brilliant, yeah. And what also can what also can we do to the investigators? Blind them. Blind them. Brilliant, yeah, absolutely. So.
2: Poke out their eyes.
0: Sorry, poke out their eyes. Hopefully not literally. Okay. So when you guys are doing your, your you guys take part in randomized controlled trials, how involved do you feel with that data? Not
2: with the data?
0: With the data, with the patient, with the subject. Oh, patient? Yeah.
2: Less
3: so it's Less so
0: More numbers
3: Unless it's like an old hip-hop lady Yeah And you get to talk
0: to them yeah. and Yeah, they're
3: <laughs> in an team. and their yeah. data like When yeah. you do the 30-day follow-up, if they're not feeling
0: too well, what kind of thing? Oh. It depends on what Depends
3: you don't document that, you? If you were the, the researcher though, yeah. you if you have got with the data, data with the numbers, If you it were the, the investigator, the evidence, yeah. Right? Yeah. if you were the investigator just yeah. putting these numbers, you'd just be like, oh, i chuck them into Yeah,
0: absolutely Yeah, yeah. Sure. So yeah. So in quantitative research, people are broken down into just numbers, really, and categories, aren't they? You know, are you male? Are you female? What's your blood pressure, etc. And you can be the investigator with just a piece of paper with some numbers on it. You could be triple blinded, so you don't even know. You know, is this the patient who, are these are the patients who got the placebo? Are these the patients who got the tranexamic acid, for example, for, for one of the trials? So you, you don't know, you're very far away. You could be doing research on data collected from Germany that's emailed over to you, sat here in Nottingham and doing it and you are distant from it. You're going to need a large sample because small quantitative um, studies are not as useful. You're gonna need a large one, okay? But like Megan said, it's a very narrow, uh, focus okay, only on one thing, so lots of people, but you're only interested in one thing. Hello, okay.
3: So, really interesting thing to think about is platform trials, which are the more that can come in today.
0: Yeah, so what is a platform, platform trial? Study
3: tend to look at a multiple different things one For example, okay. The quite a new yeah, so these are quite trendy at the minute, so I mean, they may be the gold standard in a few years where they can prove that they actually work. Yeah, so all a normal acquired pneumonia study, for instance, you may look at the difference between two types of antibiotics mm. But there's lots of other variables within a, mm. someone's condition So these studies are now looking at different things, so they may look at the use of steroids, sure. the use of oxygen, and the use of antibiotics And these things will be randomised mm. the patient and what they'll do They'll need a large,
0: Super large. size yeah. to
3: deal with all deal with them all. So this is the thought thing that they're starting to look at now okay. in, in
0: health research. So, because usually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's just something to keep yeah. mind. Okay, because v- the variables are all important in quantitative research and whether that's only one variable or four variables, it's all about it in quantitative research and you're going to want to think about having a um, controls as well as that. Okay. Um, And because of the amount of people, because you might need using more uh, sites, it is going to be more expensive, it is going to involve more collaboration, okay? Um, But the data you've got is potentially that bit more useful, okay? Because it goes through statistical analysis, okay? So somebody over in America can look at it and go, do you know what, this is probably more uh, generalizable, I think it's probably more representative of my population as well, so that's good, okay? I think a downside of this that I would say is that statistics aren't always available, open to everybody. I think this is something that puts people off, okay, and I think that's something that will put people off quantitative research as well. I'd counter that with it is easier now to do it because you can buy software that you can put your data through and it will tell you the standard deviation, it will tell you, you know, whatever you need to know about it, so and, you know, confidence intervals, etc., etc. So it is more open to that, okay. Good. Um, And I said, yeah, others are going to be more likely to be able to have a a look at it and and be able to use it as well. A downside I would say from the distance point of view is that I'd say that you need to know the context of data to get its true meaning. So you could look at our four hour target in December and January and go, wow, that was a really bad A&E your guys for our target was bad. But unless you were actually on the ground floor and seeing what it was like in our department between December and January, you're not gonna get that idea, are you? And you'd be able to, you you know, you might just publish data going, yeah, Queen's A&E is really bad in December and January. Don't go there. Don't go there, exactly. Whereas actually, unless you're in the ground floor and seeing it, you're not gonna be able to do that, are you? Good, cool. Uh, Quality Street. Really good name, I like that name.
4: So, four strengths and um, we got that qualitative data was reliable. Okay. And it's also quite cheap to yep. run um because usually you only need pen and pencil <laughs> and paper.
0: Obviously. Or a dictaphone maybe or yeah. Oh, yeah. also
4: technology. Yeah. Um and also that you're getting the opinions of real people, not yep. just numbers on a sheet, basically. Yep. Good. Um we <laughs> got that it was quite subjective. Yep, very. Um, it's not very generalizable because it depends who you get on the day. Yep. Um, the date is harder to prevent. Yes. Um, as well. And also, depending on the way that the questions are written slash asked, they could be leading questions or they could be... Very true. ...easier to have an element of bias involved. True. Um, for the trial design, we said it was observational. Yeah. Um, trial. Oh, blue. Where's the
0: blue do you want to come in and do some research? I'll come in a okay, Frank.
4: Um, for qualitative data, it's quite common to have um, focus groups. So yeah. a group of people where everyone bounces ideas off
0: each other. It is indeed. <laughs> <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Invested. For the investigator, said the investigator would be very involved,
0: very yep.
1: potentially carrying out the questionnaires and seeing the participants face to face. Brilliant, yeah. Perhaps more than more than once. Yep. Um, the goal tend to be to gain opinions um, of people.
0: Yep. <coughs>
1: uh, some sample size can be <laughs> a. Um, you
0: sound really happy when you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A smaller, smaller
0: number than if you're using load, quantitative, quantitative
1: data, data yeah, good data. Um, because you don't need as many people to make it, it's probably not going to be as statistically sure. reliable.
0: Sure, sure, yeah.
1: Um, so your very vari- very vari- variable, depends what who you get on the day.
0: Basically,
1: yeah. you're going to. You, have far more
0: uncontrollable variables. Of course, you are, yeah. Absolutely.
1: And others, anything. Yeah. There's no others.
0: There's no others. There probably are. There are no others. Okay, cool. Okay. So, qualitative data is going to involve a smaller sample size because you. You could do a bigger sample, but it's going to take you forever, okay? You are, like you said, you're going to be embedded in that culture, in that environment, because we're interested in the subjects in their natural setting, okay? We want to see those research nurses at work eating the sweets and talking to them then, okay? We don't want to just be following something off a screen just a few, you know, uh, a few miles away, etc okay good variables yeah like you said could be depending on what it is really and you're not hello
3: sorry just another bit, bit like <laughs> no go, go for it lucy yeah Variables. yeah if so if you're doing a questionnaire um, interview study mm-hmm. you can yeah. out to the whole trust because you want to find out what their i don't know what their thoughts are on a certain structure so how main entrances and what you do, you'll get a certain type of person that will be really eager to go to and in- be a part of the study. Mm. You may not then meet everybody that has thoughts and opinions because there'll only be a certain type of person that will yeah. sign up for a study and give their time. So right. yeah. no <laughs> really, you can't really say this will reflect the opinions of everybody working here. Yeah. It, it's not true, and mostly, like, disgruntled people, people, quite yeah sort of, sort of, important opinions, but are a bit quiet, or, they you know, perhaps don't want to take, don't want to get in trouble. Yeah. Um, so they
0: So, yeah, so you you have to think about that and all of it, don't you, and it does come into your sampling, you know, do you use um, purposive sampling, so I want the opinion only of these people, or is it anybody who writes in, who like you said, maybe somebody who has an axe to grind, maybe somebody with certain opinions, etc., okay, might be a certain demographic of the population who are more likely to write in and want to talk to you rather than being truly representative, absolutely, okay. and as you said, you know, in the questions that you're asking, you do have to be very, very careful and you do have to have an evidence base as to why I'm asking these questions. You can use semi-structured interviews, so I do have some key questions, but I'm going to deviate and allow you to elaborate on any points that you've got coming along. But yeah, variables are very difficult to predict. You can do a bit of a literature review and say these factors have been shown previously to affect opinions, but ultimately it's going to be whatever comes up in the text. Okay, and in the course of the interviews, good. Uh, and as I already said, you're into the natural setting, so you get that really good involvement. Uh, but it takes a lot of time, and it does take a lot of time to do it properly. Okay. And
3: also, it's probably just one person. You don't want five different people doing the interview. Mm-hmm. Well, exactly. That's, that's, different techniques. that's different
0: techniques, isn't it? They may be better or worse interviewers.
3: You could it, so it was fair. Yeah.
0: Okay. And if you're doing a focus group, somebody very early on might go. Oh, I really like this product, and then everybody else feels they have to say the same thing because that person said it. So if that's something else you got to think about in focus groups. Good. Um, yeah. Is it easy to do qualitative analysis? No. It depends to what level, but yeah, I think it is more hard. It's harder than people think. I think if you truly want to do proper analysis. Sometimes you have to be incredibly sub-specialised, you know, you might have to send your data off to somebody over at the School of English who's really involved in linguistics to go to break it down into this is the language that's being used, you know, that somebody from a more medical background wouldn't be able to do, so that's something else you have to think about, that's another process that you're adding in, another human being that may take more time. Of the electronic? I haven't, no. No, I haven't, no. I Played with nudist.
1: Is it nudist? The nudist? She's <laughs> playing with the
2: nudist. I'm sure it's
0: nudist. Not so high, you're thinking it's bad. don't Google it. But our sample size is going to be big. Our uh, uh, sum size is going to be small, sorry, but our uh, focus is going to be very broad and we want to know everything. Tell me everything behind why you've chosen these sweets, why you've chosen this this um, choice of ice cream. Brilliant. Um, presenting that data is going to be harder, as we said, and then it is going to be harder for somebody else in another site to go, this is representative of my population. So nice. <laughs> How do you spell nudist? Nudist qualitative qualitative data analysis. It is called the nudist.
2: Yeah
0: but it does give us that greater overall idea of of what's going on and you may want to use a mixed method approach as as, um, you know because you you know you want to maybe see what that four hour target was like in January and December but you're also going to want to know what people felt like at the time, what was it actually like, you might want to interview people. Brilliant! And as I said, the researcher is, in, is right in there, they have to be in that um, environment. The, the other limitation I would say from an educator point of view is that can you always trust what your subject is saying? So I will put on a teaching session for students and they will always say afterwards, I feel more confident in X. You know, I'm pleased that this happened. And I can put that down, look at this great piece of teaching I did but does it actually mean they've learnt anything, you know? So we have to be very careful with confidence, these are bad, you know, confidence, uh, attitude, etc., is very, very difficult to, to prove when you're doing these things. And you have to bear in mind, you know, somebody might say, oh, I buy this ice cream because, you know, of blur. Is their opinion actually true, etc.? These are all things that you hold yourself open to. Cool, well done, guys. Um, as ever, uh, this will be available through com and uh, it's on Soundcloud and iTunes thank you very much uh, next month we're going to be looking at sampling who is the research nurse for next month? Oh, oh, sampling! Really yeah. High five Cecilia! You you
3: well? um, Go on then! So... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, done. Done.
0: <laughs> so... Again, as I said at the beginning, some people are going to prefer qualitative, some people are going to prefer quantitative. Hopefully we've got a bit more of an idea of both of them more and a bit of appreciation because it's important not to narrow ourselves down when it comes to research. So hopefully we'll be able to sample more than qualitative research and not always drawing the line at quantitative research. It is very hard to make a pun out of qualitative and quantitative research. Thank you very much for coming, guys. You've been a great audience as ever. Thank
2: you. Thank you.
0: That was the live recording of uh, Unblinding Research Qualitative versus Quantitative Data. You can find the full blog entry, including the tape visually for this uh, podcast at takeorality.com. Remember, you can subscribe to TakeOrally on both SoundCloud and iTunes and find TakeOrally on both Facebook and Twitter. For more information about research and education opportunities in emergency medicine, acute medicine and major trauma, you can find NUH Dream on both Facebook and Twitter.